0: Lord, take our ears and allow us to hear your word for us this morning and plant it within our hearts. Amen. Earlier this week, um, I was meeting with one of our future godparents coming up ahead of a baptism that we will be doing. And we were talking through those words of the promises The Promises where we talk about what we're turning away from and what we're turning towards. We turn away from sin and the world and the devil and we turn to Christ as our Lord and Saviour. And she said to me after we'd talked for a while, well, I wouldn't have used those words for it if you had asked me to explain it. But isn't that just really obvious and common sense? to want to turn away from what's bad and face towards what's good? Doesn't everyone want to do that, even if they don't have a particular faith? And those words rang really loudly in my ears as I was reading the Gospel for today, because I think it's right on topic, and Jesus is having a fairly similar conversation with his listeners, we listen again to verse 31 he says do to others as you would have them do to you isn't that just part of common speech now we hear it so often you might have heard treat others as you'd like to be treated or perhaps turning it around in a negative form don't do to someone else what you don't want them to do to you how familiar does that sound it's often called the golden rule and it exists in one form or another across most faiths and most cultures. Don't forget, to do others, do to others how you would like to have done to you, in itself, doesn't necessarily require faith in any God whatsoever. So, it's a relevant principle for all faiths and none. But what resonated for me in those words of the Godparent this week was that sense of a general understanding of the way things are that we understand slightly differently in our faith context. Because it's a really central concept of our faith, isn't it? We perhaps recognise those words better in a different form. Love your neighbour as yourself. The words of Jesus when he was asked which was the most important of the Ten Commandments Someone was trying to catch him out that day. And he said, of course, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. You shall love your neighbour as yourself. On these two commandments hang all of the law and the prophets. The Ten Commandments, generally accepted as good rules to live by. The last six honour your parents, don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't bear false witness, don't covet the possessions of others. I think most people would agree that that's a really good thing, a good way of interacting with one another. Very much in line with the golden rule and summed up as love your neighbour as yourself. But what about those first four? Love the Lord your God. That's where we differ from what's commonly accepted nice behaviour. We believe that we must also love God. The golden rule definitely belongs in that second set about how we treat those around us. We've seen a lot of positive evidence of it over the last 18 months, haven't we? People helping each other out, looking out for the vulnerable, bringing community together. Even now, the fact that so many people are still wearing masks for the confidence and protection of others, even though it is no longer legally mandated. But we've seen a lot of negative evidence of people not doing it as well. Do you remember the panic buying, stockpiling, people refusing to isolate, people getting too close, even though you would like them to stand a bit further away? I wonder, actually, if that golden rule is not, perhaps, quite so universally lived after all. But back to our Gospel passage. Just as today we recognise this as good and nice and communal behaviour, so it was in Jesus' day. The earliest reference to something like the golden rule actually dates back to the ancient Egyptians, about one and a half to 2,000 years before Jesus' birth, and it was an incredibly common strand in Greek thought and a huge part of Roman society and their way of doing things. For the Romans, the idea of a golden rule was all about reciprocity. It was a society built on a system of clients and patrons. You would do a favor for someone fully expecting that in due course, you could call it in and receive back again. And this is exactly what Jesus is talking about in the reading when he effectively says, well, so what that you do good to those that love you? That is not unusual. That's the way this society works. And so he goes further. But I'm telling you, he says, do something radically different. I'm telling you to treat everyone that way. Give, even though you know you're not going to get back. Forgive, even though they don't deserve it. If they hit you, let them hit you again. This sense of giving beyond what you expect to receive back. Because that is what the love of God looks like unconditional, not reciprocal, not earned, not deserved. And then he goes on and gives us this really beautiful image of a measure of flour in the marketplace. They didn't buy it in nice tied up packets of paper like we have now but someone would have scooped it out of a big vat in a jug or something and put it into your whatever it was to carry it home again and this jug that this merchant gives is not just a quick scoop and a, oh well there you are then one scoop of flour that's 20p please Flour's a bit more expensive than that now isn't it but It's a scoop of flour and it's knocked down on the table and it's pressed down inside and a bit more put in on top. And then, just in case you haven't quite got the right measure, it's piled up on the top before it is poured into you, into a big apron so that you have to gather it all up to take home with you. It's overflowing. It's abundant. The measure you give will be the measure you get back. You might think that there is there a sense of reciprocity in that when I've just said that's not what it's about. And it is true that you do get out what you put in, you do reap what you sow, but the point is that where God's concerned, the generous forgiveness that you will receive from God, the love that you will receive from God, is always more abundant than whatever you can possibly give. There's something deeply countercultural going on in what Jesus is saying because he's offering us this image of a kingdom that is not full of redemptive violence and grudges and doing favours for favours. If we turn to thinking about the letter to the Colossians, that was probably written about 30 years or so after Jesus' death and resurrection, and things looked exactly the same. Just as Jesus was setting out this countercultural kingdom vision in Judea, Paul is trying to do the same with the Colossians, who, as the first generation of Christians, are facing pressures of how to live out their faith in a culture that looks very different from the one that Jesus has asked them to live in. And the same can be said today 2,000 years, you know, give or take. And we are still living in the world and waiting for the kingdom to come into full fruition. We're still facing the same problems and dilemmas as all the Judeans in Jesus's lifetime and the Church of Colossus in theirs. And yet we hope, don't we? And we try, and we must keep trying because we must hold on to the vision of the kingdom. We must try our best to practise it, day by day, live it as closely as we can. The verse that really jumped out at me this week from that letter to the Colossians was bear with one another because it seems to me that it speaks right into this time we are living now. This time of trying to return to normal or perhaps pretending it's normal, not quite what any of us really want. For some of us, it's far too fast, and actually we just want to retreat. It doesn't feel safe. For some of us, it's far too slow, and we just want to rush headlong. We've missed too much already. It's true in the world. It's true in the church. There is no easy answer. But if we live by that golden rule, and then go beyond it, as Jesus asks us to... It will perhaps go a long way towards easing the transition. Bear with one another. There's a lot of love in that, isn't there? Bear with one another. So whether it's here or there, with your family, with your children, with your brothers and sisters, your neighbours, bear with one another. It's a good way to live. Amen.